Welcome, Andy. Thank you very much for joining us on this pilot episode, no less, of Psychics and Sidekicks. Psychic and Sidekicks. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome, everybody. What an amazing experience and a chance to uh, sort of give you my life experience, if you want, for a better word. So for those who have never met me before, my name is Andy Beasley. I'm from Doncaster, um, and I've been a psychic medium from possibly about six years of age to a present day. I'm currently being blessed and able to be able to do private readings, investigations, events and shows, and it's only getting busier and better. So I want to thank everybody for joining us and helping us because without them, we're nobody. And I have always said that, you know, without my guides, helpers and supporters, we, we're, we're never going to get this off the road. No, absolutely. Thank you very much, Andy. That's a good introduction. And we're going to cover through uh, various stages of that. So the idea behind psychics and sidekicks uh, is very much psychic mediums, like yep. yourself, people <laughs> with the gift. Yep. Um, some people call it a curse, yep. but I think I'm going to refer to it as a gift because yep. I think it, it is, and certainly in the experiences that I've witnessed. Um, so we're going to cover that. We're also then, we'll put context into sidekicks. So sidekicks would be people like myself with a, a, an interest, but not actively uh, working as, mm-hmm. as sidekicks or anything. Yeah. But also the people who do paranormal investigations, yeah. I would see them as a psychic as well because they're doing the scientific investigation and, you know, trying to mitigate or um, sometimes debunk what people are, are proposing or claiming is a psychic activity. And I can tell you now, just we're talking away and there's little creaks and creaks going off in the background and Andy's eyes are all over the place. I've this got to say, be you, you know, when I went out, before we started doing this earlier, I went out there and asked for a young lady who we now know is in this building. Her name is Chloe. For those who have never been to this building before, just so I give you a, a good index of, of where we're actually at. We're actually at the Mexborough Hub. Um, and it used to be the old uh, youth club, apparently, back in the day. And I went out there because I heard some tapping and Sean's like, yeah, 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 whatever. And literally, I'm, not, I'm hoping the mics have picked it up. There was the biggest creek just outside the door where we're actually sat. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw a lady stood looking back at us. Okay. Uh, which made me giggle. So shall, that's, that's where we just, we're at at the minute. And Sean's just gone pink, just green and yellow. Rewind a little bit then. <laughs> so I've been involved in Mexico Community Hub uh, as Rockingham Media, which is a community interest company that I work with. And um, I've been in this building on my own a number of occasions and I've heard creaks and cracks and bumps. And I kind of just dismiss it as noises of an old building. And... Mm. Uh, when you came along here for the first time, you were talking to Donna and mm. you mentioned about a young lady who was present with me mm. on a number of occasions. Mm. Now, we, I wasn't really planning on going that deep into it to start with. <laughs> I wanted to set the scene, so we might have to rewind quite a bit as we're going through this. Yes, but of course. Just tell our listeners then yeah. a little bit more about this young lady. And let's, you know, let's set the scene with that. Yeah. And then we'll rewind back to early Andy. Yeah. And build back up. Definitely. I mean, um, I always, the one thing that's always caught my imagination as being the medium is it, I had to spend many years because for those who are very like-minded, um, being the medium, it's it's done through what we call the second chakra. So there's a lot of third eye motion. Mm-hmm. So it's sometimes it's deemed as your imagination or your imagination aspect of life if there's such a word, well, the word today, or we can filter that yeah, one. Yeah, I'll have a word can... with Collins and we'll get put in the dictionary <laughs> from next month. 
<laughs> and I just find that when when I when I've sort of got these feelings and I turn up to a room, I imagine that I'm using a, a video player in my mind's eye, and it shows me um, different aspects, different feelings, different different aspects of life. And I just came into this room and instantly I was aware of. Now, if you can imagine where we're sat, we're directly more or less above the classroom where I find it being the most oppressive area of this building. And we had another click and crack as well outside there. But downstairs, bottom right-hand corner of this room is an extremely active area. Um, And I think for me, I was very much aware from the minute I walked in here that I didn't want to go in that area as unprepared or not aware of or aware of there was something quite oppressive in there yeah and we use um, numerous equipment and for those who are familiar with any events that we do we do events demonstrations and i bring a lot of the ghost hunting equipment so sls ovulus xcon and so on sorry yeah we'll go into equipment on another episode brilliant we'll have an episode purely dedicated to pieces of equipment where I want you to give us more of an explanation and and dive deep into that really. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, Well, that was a little bit weird then because I've just caught a movement in the corner of my eye and there's two people in this building on the glass door to to your right. Yeah. um, It looked like somebody walking across there and I know that beyond the glass is a roller shutter and there ain't nobody out there. No, definitely not. There's somebody in this room with us right now, definitely. (laughs) Um, But this is is the thing. And as I said to you, uh, Sean, and then again, Donna as well. And I mean, I'm just going to use you two guys as as indicators. Mm -hmm. You know, you came in very open-minded, went with that a bit of an approach of I'll sit on the biggest fence I can possibly find. And I think Donna did a similar sort of reaction. And I think over time, I've sort of sat back a little bit dangled the carrot to the point where you've actually got evidence now beyond reasonable yeah. doubt to the point where you've actually seen me um, in in a TV mode. So we've done TV work where we've done a f- several episodes now um, and we've been put to a test. And again, there was three people in a car driving to an investigation and you know you were in that driving seat. You knew, you heard and you witnessed Absolutely, me yeah. working as a medium. Yeah. And I was joined by a gentleman and I hope that we can bring that sort of whole episode up in a podcast as well so that everybody can understand and clearly work out why, how and what. But the the honest answer is the, the, the building itself that we're in is, um, I think, I'm being distracted again. I do apologise. Yeah, Someone is wanting right. to try and no, talk to me right. and it's like, <laughs> but the building itself is, is I think, one of probably the, 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 the the most underused buildings in Mexborough. And I think if the community can get involved in this a bit more. And I think when I came here, it looked, it looked tired. And yep. I know two people in particular wanting to try and get this place back on its feet. So we came in initially to want to have a look around to see if there is anything else spiritual. And we hit several indications around the building itself. And I think we did, we tried to do an event. Um, which sadly didn't really work out. And I think the reason why it didn't work out is our resident people that are in the building, because there isn't one, there mm-hmm. are, as we found out, um, at least three different types of ent- entities. And I'm not sure if I can sort of declare this on the podcast, because I know there's a there's going to be some further work done, but we believe we've actually opened up uh, an imp- possibly um, an incident that took place um possibly in the building on in and around this building 
Yeah. Um, and it's come up on several different types of investigations um, of which the context is quite sensitive. So therefore we don't want to mention names, dates and places as this stage. No, I but think there's, is, there's a fair bit more work to do on that one, Andy. Mm. Um, but certainly something that we can feature uh, in, a, in a future episode. Yeah. And just for the listener's benefit as well, this has not just been um, an observation or a discovery that Andy's made. We've had an independent uh, amateur paranormal investigation team in here. Mm-hmm. And what I find extremely, um, I suppose, satisfying and um, thought-provoking mm. is the similarities of information yeah. and data that you provide yeah. and that Gary and his team, mm. on the occasion that they were here, have also come up with mm. because it it's then makes it a little bit more of a coin less of a coincidence rather mm. than you know one person coming up and giving mm. a oh this might have happened and it might have been that person yeah when two independent people or groups of people come up with very very similar if not actually duplicate mm. absolute mm. duplicate mm. bits of data mm. that then sets the um, the mind tumbling yeah. a little bit more yeah. and thinking you know what there maybe is something going on or has been something yeah. going on yeah. and there is more to it than what meets the eye. Massively. And again, it's, you know, it's just amazing that, you know, even as an independent individual looking in from the outside, you know, watching um, a debrief from a film production team and the actual producer of the programme was in awe with his more or less, well, he had his, his jaw on the floor, the, the majority of the debrief to the point where the actual names, the dates, the places, the events, the list went on and on and on. Um, and then for those who are going to get the chance to be able to see um, the outcome of that, and um, there has been talk of possibly selling um, episodes and such to um, a TV production team. And hopefully maybe in time that'll, that'll sort of turn out. But the Hemingway Colliery, as we want... Hemingfield. Hemingfield, my yes. apologies. Hemingfield um, is... It's going to be, um, for me, an outstanding moment of my life as a psychic medium, you know, putting it to a test. But it's great to be able to be the medium that gives the verbal um, indicators and then watch psyops come in and they do theirs with the different machinery that they've got. It just, you, you have to stand there and sometimes just pinch yourself because it is yeah, a pinching thinking about moment. It, the, the amount of technology that they bring along to... Um, <laughs> A wow. session. Actually, we're going to need more than one podcast session <laughs> to, to yeah. go through that because yeah, you know, we, we'd probably be here, um, not for a half hour podcast, but no. um, it would probably be a good couple of hours. Yeah. So we might have to do that over several episodes yeah. and break it down into types of equipment that fit into certain categories because mm. there are quite, even though you, you're investigating one particular scenario yeah there's lots of different categories yeah. of investigation so and i think from our point of view when we did the coaching horses the other night we both sat back in in a darkened room yeah we looked like those two grumbly old men but we <laughs> were we were analyzing things um so for you know from from our point of view and i certainly found that the speaker element was a lot clearer when we were sat further back in the room yeah. than where we were with all the rest of the team um, but there's one piece of equipment, as we say, we'll bring that in and you know, hopefully everyone can see and, well, not so necessarily see, but hear how it works and we can go through a verbal um, indicator of what sort of energy is yeah, required and such. We'll not give too much away, but they might, <coughs> they might be able to see some stuff as well because um, 
we are, we will be introducing video oh. into these podcasts as Fantastic. we get further down the line. That's brilliant. Um, this, as I say, is a pilot that we're doing now. So we're setting the scene. Yeah. And um, I, I certainly think we should be giving enough out. There's, there's enough drip feed information yeah. going on, Andy, yeah. to, to wet people's appetite. Oh, it's, there's lots. I want to now, though, just rewind. Mm. Um, and like you, unfortunately, we're, we're of a very similar age. There's only a couple yes. of years between us. Yes. So we're going to rewind quite a few years. Yeah. And tell us about Andy Beasley as a boy. Yeah. And how it all came about, this discovery. Um, for me, I came from a quite a normalish background. Um, father's a fireman. Uh, Mum worked as a nurse, um, and I have four brothers and sisters. Um, so I came from quite a normal background. Um, in that time, sort of around the sort of seventies, eighties, um, fire service were going through a lot of pay negotiations, a lot of fallouts, and there was a hell of a lot of strikes, and there was lots of disruption in regards to electricity for those who remember them era being switched off at certain times or certain areas switched off. And yeah. there were a lot of, lot of sort of poverty and a lot of um, sort of working class aspects of life. But the one thing that we all had was a good, great community and we all kept together. Um, so from my point of view, I was in the age group where uh, traditionally um, dads used to go up to a local pub and the Lonsdale in intake for those who remember it. Uh, was the pub that my dad used to go to on a regular basis and the girls used to walk up a short time later. So it was Andy being the eldest, looking after two brothers and a sister. Uh, and I always remember one of the first experiences I had was around the sort of, I was around the sort of nine, ten years of age and I was babysitting and it was the time when ITV used to say goodnight, God bless and then the national anthem came on. And TV and disappeared. So it was about the sort of 11, 11.30 time. The fire was crackling in the corner. You used to have the test card on the screen. Test card, yes, with a lady on the front. (laughs) Remember it well. And we had a Welsh dresser with uh, two carver chairs and four Welsh-type designed chairs. And it was in a bit of a display. We had a Welsh um, dressing table. There with um, sort of plates and bowls and such out on display. And I always remember we had had uh, a new carpet fitted. So I'm sat in the settee looking across. My brothers and sisters were fast asleep on the settee in chairs. And I remember them physically being pinned to a chair, which for those who have never experienced that, you can imagine is very, very frightening. I couldn't scream. Some people said it was sleep deprivation and such, but I knew I was wide awake and very clearly. I was then looking down towards the Welsh dresser and the Welsh table and Suddenly in the floor, I could see through the firelight footprints coming into a carpet and it was going round the table. So it did one complete lap and then with a straight line uh, view and approach, it started then walking towards me and each step it took, this apparition started appearing. So the knees to the hips, to the sort of tummy, to then the shoulders and just about to get Mm -hmm. to the face. Um, And I would say it's probably from where I was sat two to three strides away and was stood directly in front of me. Suddenly the front door flew open. My dad, my mum, with two people that that I didn't know at that time, came running into the house. My dad switched the lights on as as he did um, under influence of alcohol. So you'll have to excuse a few of the bleeps, (laughs) but you can imagine. And his dad looked at me and he went, oh my God, bloody hell, son, it looks like you've seen a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) And I went, 
if you only knew. Yeah. And he said, literally, you were white as a sheet. Um, and I had, had my first experience yeah. of experiencing an entity. What really brought it home is my mum and dad had met two new friends, one of which was a medium. Right. The lady then rushed into the back dining room and she says, excuse me, Jill, I know I've never been here before. She says, but however, there is a lady in this house. And she gave the name. She gave all sorts of information. Mm-hmm. Being that time of night and everybody really tired, my mum sort of ushered us all upstairs and into his beds, um, which you could hear through the floorboards. This lady had spent several hours afterwards talking to my mum and dad, telling them things about the life that they'd never heard before and they'd never had that moment. My dad yeah. being a fireman, very practical fella. No, 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 no. And she said, but actually you've got some darkened entities as well. Um, so this lady decided that she'd like to come back and cleanse the house and calm it down, which again, it's not an experience that I'd had personally yeah. before being nine, maybe 10 years of age. And um, sort of a couple of weeks later, this lady reappeared. We were then excitingly put into mum and dad's bedroom. The little 14 inch telly was on, you know, and we're all dead excited sitting in mum and dad's bedroom watching TV. My brothers and sisters were all into that, but actually mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I was drawn to what was going on downstairs. Yeah. Um, Understandably so. Yes. <laughs> as we'll find out in later on, as later episodes. And as I, I sort of sat in the bedroom um, trying to earwig and listen to what was going on downstairs, um, I sort of stood up from the door, walked back towards my brothers and sisters and the, the bedroom door that I was leaning on more or less just flew open. And as it flew open, there was just this coldest draft and wind that just literally it felt like it had gone straight through the room, out through the window and just disappeared. Mm. And it was just, wow. And I thought, looking back, is that my first episode of a cleansing? Yeah. And clearly, yes, it was. Um, to the, so I went back downstairs and then this lady decided that she would like to speak to me. She asked for me personally and she said to my mum, this young fellow's got the gift. Mm-hmm. And that's and where it started. she just identified that there and then. There and then, instantly. Um, I would love to get to know who that person was or who that lady was or whether she's able to listen to this or whether she's still around, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I never had the luxury or the, the, the sort of time to ask who she was and what she was. Some people mentioned Doris Stokes, for, Dor- for those who remember Doris, mm-hmm. uh, my mum's very well connected to Bedford and Bedfordshire yeah. area. So whether Doris was up here doing an event or what, I don't honestly know. Yeah. I wouldn't like to put any money on that. However, that name's come up several times since. Um, but whether or not well, that can be confirmed, um, yeah. whether I need to speak to my mum maybe or confirm that. Yeah, maybe. It's um, certainly worth the ask, isn't it? I it mean, is worth an ask. If you've, if you've never addressed that before, um, I think as as even for yourself, you're you're now exploring some new territories mm. as a psychic medium, which yeah. is interesting as well. Uh, it's certainly worth doing that self reflection and looking back and yeah, and maybe asking those questions because they might just put a couple more pieces into the jigsaw. Mm, definitely. Um, so moving on from your sort of your uh, nine ten year old experience, when when was your next significant experience? Um, constantly um, when I realised that uh, you know I'd able to open up um, I remember again my family predominantly came from uh, Luton in Bedfordshire um, so I can I always remember going down and, and seeing my mum's mm-hmm. nana um, she was a diabetic um, and she used to eat Frosties 
with no milk always yeah. used to stand out for me these yeah. sorts of things <laughs> and we were upstairs busily playing in a Victorian uh, house with different layers and I think we were upstairs about the sort of second or third floor um, and again 10, 11 years of age this time we were all playing tear guide and seek and so on and then we got my mum shouting from downstairs come and get your tea kids all you know my brothers and sisters shot downstairs and I sort of straddled yeah and I went past the room. And as I went past the room, I was aware of a gentleman stood in front of a mirror. Um, I sort of stopped for a few seconds and looked across and this guy was in a trilby hat, uh, a brown checked um, blade, uh, like a jacket, trousers, um, very well dressed, but his cap in particular, the hat. And as I turned and looked at him again, he sort of tipped his hat towards me in recognition I went down the flight of stairs and a little bit confused and puzzled um, to the point where I looked at my mum and then looked at my nana and it was sort of like, she says, are you okay? You look a bit confused. And I said, yeah, I am. Who's the gent that's up in that room? What does he look like? They said, well, he's dressed in this trilby right. hat and he's right. dressed so now, with now, his... Th there's nobody there. Yes. What does he look like? So from that point of view and that ever since then, now apparently I'd seen um, my mum's dad that has sadly been passed right. for many, many years um, after a road traffic, uh, road traffic collision or accident um, and sadly was dead or killed in that incident. Yeah. Um, so I'd have never seen, never introduced and my mum was getting quite emotional. Um, my apologies for the old uh, technology going off in the background there. <laughs> They're not spooky sound effects. <laughs> they are real. <laughs> um, I'll just yeah, from mine. that point of view, it then got to the point where I had experiences continuously um, from being um, being accused of being very sensitive very emotional but the great thing is and the one thing I always used to have is a strange knack to be in tune with women yeah. and at 10 and 11 years of age understanding women's needs and I know it sounds possibly a little bit sexist I don't mean it to sound that, that way silly. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality of that is is women are very unique in their own individuality in the fact that mm -hmm. they're very very sensitive energies and because I was 11 with no filter I yeah. was easily f um, able to tap into their energy their, their sort yeah. of aura and understand the needs uh, or the requirements of and you know quite weirdly be able to give them advice and guidance and they'd look at me as if to say and How the comments often used to be said <laughs> this man's been here before this little lad's yeah. been here before and I feel like possibly yeah you're right I've had many experiences where people have talked about and had life experiences and when I look into it scientifically, and maybe this is again another avenue to explore, is about past life transregression yeah. and other aspects of that, that there are a lot more about this energy and about the life that we live now. And I often think, why me? Why not Sean? Why not anybody else? And the honest answer is I have no answer to that. People have said to me, Andy, have you ever picked an A to Z up of being a psychic medium? Well, if there's a book out there, guys, can you point me in that direction, please? Because I don't believe there is one. I think it's um, it's probably not the right comparison, but it's a little bit like being a parent in some respects, yes. isn't it? Is yeah. That nobody's writing a manual on it. No. Uh, lots of people can give you advice on how to address or how to um, cope with mm. certain aspects of it, but there ain't no manual. No. You, you're working this out and developing your own skills yes. and, and tools and um, coping mechanisms yeah, yeah. as you go along. Yeah. 
And I think from my point of view is that is it in a nutshell. I think being a psychic medium it is not about what we learn from other people's experiences. It's about what you do as an individual and how you experience things. And, and it's an adapting attitude. Are you able to adapt to situations and events that are going to go off in your life? And you know, you can wrap yourself up in cotton wool and pretend mm-hmm. that these things are never going to happen. Or the fact of the matter is, you can come with a positive attitude towards many things. And I always use the, the acronym or this, the, the sort of link towards Jack the Ripper. Yes, what he did and how he conducted himself in life was horrendous and how he, and what events he yeah. did. But I always like to finish it with Jack the Ripper was a good lorry driver. So it's always finding something positive mm-hmm. out of many negative situations in life and trying to understand the third party point of view. Yeah. So when I talk to imams and um, uh, Christian vicars and, and all the other religious figures that I have had the opportunity and chance to have a good conversation, I do sit with a third party approach and try to see it from their points of view and learn. Yeah. Because religion is what we're doing. And again, a lot of people may strike this as being a bit of a eye-opening moment, but actually spiritualism now is a recognised religion. Uh, and I do feel that lots of people are fearful of going to a, a, a spiritualist of the church. Yeah, or, of the or unknown. Might happen. Yes. And I think we've, we've witnessed that, I'm um, going to jump around a little bit now, but witnessed that in, um, in your events that, we've attended yeah. and uh, you know the, you, there's quite a strong difference in people mm. and what I find really odd is that people are willing to pay £10 to yeah. give nothing Yeah, and you know they, they'll pay £10 as an individual to go to uh, a psychic medium event just put this into context and then you might actually just have a feeling um, or be drawn to mm. an individual. Mm. And then you're saying, you know, can I come and talk to you? And you go, yeah. And you start to basically convey what you're seeing, feeling, hearing, the messages yeah. for that individual. Yeah. And they sit there and they basically throw up this brick wall yeah. and don't react <laughs> or no, no, no to everything. Yeah. And and I sit and I think, you know, I'm, I'm on the sidelines doing the tech side of things and, yeah. and sort of, watching and listening and learning and, yeah. and growing. Yeah. I think, why have you paid £10 to do that? Yeah. You know, because to everybody else in the room, you probably come across as a bit stiff, uh, you know, and, and like, you know, I could, others would probably then be thinking, well, you know, if he or she and bloody said their bit, I might have got a reading, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, if they'd have interacted... And it's really weird. I mean, how, yeah. how does that affect you? Oh, it's a massive, event? massive uh, knock of confidence. The frustration as well is something I have to really work at and dilute because I want to stand there and just scream at the top of the yeah. voice, you know, for God's sake, why have you come? Yeah. Why are you here? And I think some people's mindsets are to try and prove that I'm wrong. Well, it's not about a competition. It's not about you or me. The thing is when we do pass over, and I don't like the words of death, um, which again mm. we can diversify at later stages yep. but passing over is going back home you know and when the frustration that they have then is unable to communicate back to their family members and the people that they dearly love you know and they'll give evidence beyond reasonable doubt and sometimes they'll actually give evidence that the person that sat in front of me doesn't even understand or know 
But the natural reaction is always going to be a barrier and mm -hmm. the word no. And often you've heard me say, well, why are you here? And challenge it back in again. And then they get all sort of yeah, they get a bit upset. uppity then. Yeah, don't they, they do. Think you're having a go at them. Yeah, and, like the the one at the not. Barnsley um, teacups, I think it was called. Yeah, I, think, I think alcohol was involved there. Massively. And, you know, that's that's not, if you're going for something like that, I don't think alcohol's really the great mix. No. Um, because, well, one, it, it dilutes your opinion and your, your mental function. Yeah. So you don't see what's been put in front of you in the yeah. same way as a sober person does. Yeah, hugely. Um, so, yeah, to go and, and to get, you might as well just go out and get drunk. Yeah. And forget the event. Yeah. You know, spend that tenner on another two uh, beers or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you Can know, you it's still get two beers for a tenner? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> so I, don't, I don't drink anymore, so I'm not really sure. But I think the thing is as well, excuse a pun, but spirit do not like spirit. Yeah. And that is genuine. That is, they do get upset because like you've said, how much of the message will they actually remember? And also they're very quick at jumping in with the word no. Yeah. We don't even know what I'm going to finish with or even say, but instantly you can hear the word no coming out the mouth when I'm only halfway through presenting what the, the information is. As well. Yeah, body yeah. language is a big one. You know, for me, talk to me, Andy, tell me what you feel, tell me what you think. It's not about me trying to sell to bigger, bigger groups. I mean, crack, you've been with me. There isn't it, many events that I don't do that mm -hmm. sell out very quickly. Um, and, you know, and there's numerous people, which is fantastic. You know, the one at the Mallard, um, which is my local event, yeah. my local gig, um, and people come. I don't even have to sell tickets. It's pay on the door scenario and people will come. So the great thing from my point of view is there are people out there that do believe. But for those who don't know Andy B, come with an open mind, but don't shut the doors on me. Don't build that Berlin Wall. Yeah, and if I can say one thing, you've got to come and see Andy B uh, just for this one thing, if nothing else, and that's to get a look at a young um, Phil Collins <laughs> telling you all sorts of things that you never believed from a bloke who used to sing and play drums. Yes, exactly. So, uh, yes, it's very much so. I've had it for many years, um, and again, there's there's numerous event things, stories. But there's one thing, I'd, if I can just diversify off of being a psychic. I went to Cyprus, um, where I was born. I was born in Decalia, BMH Decalia. For those who are military-minded, it's British Military Hospital mm -hmm. in Decalia. Um, so my mum wanted to take me back to reminisce. Um, so anyway, long story short, I met this chap um, and we got quite friendly while we were on holiday and I just went to him one day. I said, do you fancy going and doing a bit of jet skiing? He says, my wife's a little bit nervous and she don't quite like the jet skis and the speed and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, come on, it's only 30 euros. So we've walked up to this cabin and there's these two uh, Greek-speaking uh, sort of Cypriots sat on this bench the, one of them spoke really good English says hello my friends come in and sort of so on and so forth and then he stopped at his tracks and stared at me and he went ah Mr Collins <laughs> he said to me yeah. I said how much for this and he says uh, oh, for you Mr Collins he says we'll do 20 euros he says however if you allow me to take a picture of you on my jet ski he says, well, I'll let you have it for free. So you did. Well, Andy V being Andy V, I went, yes, okay. <laughs> Two days later, I came back to use the same jet skis to have a bit of a jolly. Looks up and there's posters there. Even Phil Collins uses our jet skis. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. I think that's quite a good point, actually. We'll, we'll end on that one. Yeah. Um, there's so much more that we're going to cover. Massive. And, you know, we, we are literally just getting started. In yeah. this. And when you talk tip of the iceberg, 
we're not even the tip of the tip of the iceberg yet mm. so I want to say thank you very much Andy for coming along you are and, welcome um, and agreeing to join us on the Psychic and Sidekicks podcast mm. and um, let's look forward to the second episode yeah. brilliant thank you very much Sean thank you mate